You are listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that makes an elemental want to latch onto a Grendel Prime for some real jump jet action. I will be your host this evening, Matthew Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, we have some great co-hosts. Leading charge, we got Andrew, the middle crawl. Welcome back to the show. Good evening, gentlemen. We also have his soul brother from another cousin, Aaron, the coach crawl. Welcome back to the show. So his soul brother from another cousin. I was just no, going to let it roll. That doesn't make sense anywhere, but we'll, we'll work <laughs> with it. I like it. And Tommy, Silent Sea Raven Kruger, welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, Tommy. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's about it. And Luke, Charles Gideon Dirks, welcome back to the show. Hey, happy to be here. Tonight, we have, we have a great too many nicknames. <laughs> hey, can we list them all off? We just did. Dirks, Gideon, Charles, Wheels. I think that's about it. I think that covers most oh, of them. No. Yeah. Lad. Because mm. it involves your middle name. That's too many, too many nicknames. I you should have BD. You should have seen us like pushing his car in high school. It was awesome. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Good times. We had a blast. Hey, let's talk about the new international map we attached to the Facebook page. How's that been running? Uh, really well. Uh, so I think it was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I thought it'd be kind of fun. Somebody I saw somewhere on either the international Battletech page or our page or somewhere. They're like, oh, man, I wish I could get know who's all around me. I was like, wait, I know how to do that. So I started a Battletech Players Worldwide Google Maps that you can go to. And we will probably repost the pin to the Facebook page at the top. Currently, we have 3,747 views and a lot of players on there like it is a full scroll down there's a ton of people on here and they're all over the place um i was uh i was looking through the cd uh ccg uh facebook network and that was on one of their sites where um the host actually said uh, michael cohan he said hey you guys go ahead and Put yourselves on this map. And then he says, hey, Barons, you're right next to someone else like an hour away. So there was somebody in Sioux Falls. Um, I made immediate contact with them. And I said, wait a second, Aaron, we absolutely need this. Well, oh, maybe w- that's where it came w- from. For the WNRP site. Yeah. So it's been a hit after that. And I posted it on uh, our site. And I posted it on the Battletech International. And yeah, there are. There are a ton of people on here. Um, most notably, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Kaji, all by himself in the islands of Hawaii. Um, we're going to give a shout out to this guy who is somewhere like in oh, down by Brazil, I think it is, or Chile. Yeah, way at the southern end of Chile. 
he doesn't have a name. He's just point three twenty. <laughs> Where they have really good food and wine. They have really good food. Um, what was my other one? Oh, I wanted to give uh, way up in Alaska. Let's see. Does he have a point? Way up in Alaska, there's the comic shop in Fairbanks, Alaska. That's awesome. Now, that is a bold move to start a comic book shop up in Fairbanks, Alaska. So good good for you guys. That's awesome. It kind of makes bet, sense. Like I bet UPS know, shipping is a bitch. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. I mean, everybody up there is kind of shut in for, you know, for a season with all the, the, the no exposure to light. Oh, yeah. What, what more could you do but sit by the fireplace and read some comic books? Um, I want to give a shout out just because I want to try to pronounce this name here. Um, Doomer number one three zero four is in Sovetsky, Sovetsky, Russia. All by his lonesome over there. So, if you're in Sovetsky or whatever, go go check out Doomer one three zero four. You buy Ruski. Russian Bulldoga. is such a weird-looking language. Bulldoga. Anyway, um, I think those are the most notable ones I wanted to point out. But, yeah, if you guys haven't uh, pinned yourself, um, you should do that because you never know where there's a Battletech player really near, like, near you. Um, I think that was the biggest benefit of realizing, hey, there's somebody right, right next to you that you could link up with. And Well, like Andrew, I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five guys right in his local area there, so... It'd be beating them off with a stick. Beating them off with a stick. We we could go venture to point uh, two seven two up in uh, looks like bumfuck North Dakota. <laughs> Probably Bemidji or I'm no, not it's, Bismarck. It's not near anything. Oh, he's well, he's a long ways away from Bismarck, but he's up there or she they. There we go. Proper, proper whatever. Anyway, so yeah, go check it out. It's Battletech Players Worldwide Google Map. Please pin, make sure on the top. To, yep. Please make sure to add what comic book store or game store you frequent. Because that if you don't want to put your name on there, at least put what store you go to. That way people are like, Oh, I should go to that store, not this store, because there's no Battletech at this store. So that's that's kind of the one helpful thing for this thing. Um, you Off can find out what what stores people play Battletech at. So, Yay, internet! Woo! <laughs> we did something. We did something. Moving right along, I think we had some recent battles of 350 and 8K occasionally on Thursdays. How's it been turning out for people? I know Tommy got a rude awakening with a gauze rifle slug. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that mech was pristine. Pristine. I literally, was, nothing was wrote on it. Was not even touched. The paint the only, wasn't even cured. The paint nope. wasn't even cured. It was still soft coming out of the factory paint booth. He stepped out and all they needed to do was replace the glass. <laughs> God, if there was a cockpit left, it it's going to need some serious cleaning. Hey, did you see that? Yeah. There's a giant hole in it. You better call the Civico in a replacement. But anyway, also, uh, we, we've been doing this. Thursday nights has kind of turned into our Battletech night. 
and uh, I got a new camera. I need to get I need to get a power supply for it because <laughs> the battery ran out. We but, need to get um, a mic and mic and speaker for like a tabletop area too. Yeah, we're <clears> learning. <throat> we're learning. We're working on that. But uh, Thursday nights are usually streamed fight night. WNRP fight night. Uh, we do either 8Ks or 350s. Um, it's been mostly 350s just because the 8Ks take too fucking long. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm pink, sorry. Did my, pink, did my personal bias just creep pink, out there? Pink, um, pink, 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 pink. That's Tommy's AC2. Is that a mosquito? Those are fucking AC2s, which are a pain in the ass. That's a bane knocking. One, one of them rolled the two. Oh, it blew up. Just just a heads up, if anyone sees three maulers across the table from you, just don't even play. <laughs> just just feel like you win. Congratulations. It wasn't three maulers. It was two maulers. Okay. Like well, yeah, I know for a fact you that you have, have three now. I do. Those are supposed to be a secret. Yeah, well. well one of them's not a mauler, though. Oh, I gotcha. Is it a proxy? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't buy them. Yeah, so. he ordered a proxy from Ironwinds. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I do that all I the did. time. I, I totally did. Time. They're all proxies. They just look uh, like so anyway, um, I know I promised I was going to get the Wolfnet Radio podcast YouTube channel up and running, and I didn't. So uh, I will try to do that. We'll I know some time. other people that know how to use internet uh, to at least a functioning level that could do it also. So, Not including me. Not you. No, <laughs> not you. You are excluded. I bang rocks together to try and start stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, Battletech Players Worldwide Google Map, uh, Thursday Night Fight Nights. God, we are just doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, oh, we're, we had that new call sign, the whiffer. Oh, that's right. Because your dice, because your dice are like instantly freezing to death as soon as yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah, Andrew, didn't you uh, whiff hardcore on stream? No, you got uh, one. I, that's right. I don't. Re I don't recall. Oh no no no! no. <laughs> I know what it was. I know what it was. You had to have fours to hit, and you were gonna you were gonna chuck. Like seven points of damage, and I said, "If you whiff on this, your new call sign is the whiffer." Um, <laughs> I do remember yeah. that your marksman was set up to like wreck things. So I I didn't miss. You you missed with one, <laughs> but that's okay. It happens to people. So we had one question out from uh, the listeners and the. The the great the great people out there with oh hold on time out. before we go into mailbag stuff like holy balls guys like I put out one simple hey we're recording and ninety comments later <laughs> it's great it's great keep them coming it, it it is awesome it is awesome so thank you for all of the questions there's no way we're gonna get to them all but uh, we cherry picked some of them uh, and then we'll do we'll do like a speed round at the end. We'll put them in our little grab bag, and we'll pull them out occasionally. There you go. No, don't worry, Josh. We're not going to throw them away. We'll, we'll keep <laughs> the nice. We'll keep the nice, beefy ones, so that they don't fall down the bottomless pit. 
we'll, we'll get to them. We're not going to forget yours. It's okay. So, uh, one, one, somebody asked, um, how about, how about you guys go through some ideas for conducting lists or making lists? They're like, well, you know, we have this huge regiment that's listed for the Facebook page for WNRP. And if you guys are looking for, you know, the, the minimal least awesome expected list of mechs to utilize in vehicles and battle armor and VTOLs, we've already got a pre-made one that's, you can, you can just pull from. It's a nice spectrum of, of cool people that want to have fun that already have their rides picked out. And you can draw from those. And another nice uh, update that's been happening is I noticed the MUL, the master unit list, has changed their illustrations on some of their units to the new Kickstarter illustrations. God bless those artists. Um, seeing like a, a new, the new form of like a gargoyle or executioner or fire moth is, is just great because it's so beefy. And it's got some presence now instead of like a thin fold over template. I think it's going to be a lot of fun oh. to try and paint those because now the cockpits are like big and you can actually put details and a little bit of paint in there instead of like one little slit and you're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious in how many of those they have uploaded already. I think they just recently came out. I saw Fire Moth just recently. It just looks like mostly, yeah, the, the Clan Omnimax. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I really haven't seen anything for Inner Sphere unless somebody else has. Correct me if I'm well, wrong. Uh, I'm kind of... Oh, Numerator. Yeah. Oh, Warhammer. Oh, yeah. Warhammer's yeah. new. So the, it looks uh, like a... Uh, the Star League ones or the, the originals? Ooh. I think they got pretty much all of the Kickstarter art uploaded. Like, I'm even looking nice. at the Wasp, and the Wasp is up there. Nice. Right on. That God, was one of the, such a good mech. That was one of the <laughs> that was oh. one of the mailbag questions is what is your favorite what's your favorite Star League design? Crap. This wasp is pretty freaking awesome. Ding. <laughs> I knew that was coming, Dirks. Yeah. The crabby. What did he say? Crab. Oh, the crab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's awesome. Cool. I really don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Battletech doesn't exist until clan invasion for Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the new crab. Oh, they haven't released the new crab uh, artwork, though, have they? No. Okay. Oh, waiting. 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 It's a waiting game. Hey, guys, we're only three months away from March. Just let you know. <laughs> For the front wave, just, first wave. Just to let you know, that's like right around the corner. I that's right. Post, I postponed the second wave so I could get everything in one shot. Sorry to Did say, I, oh, I went the same route. I'm okay no waiting. Happy wave one day for you guys. I'm okay waiting. I'm okay there, waiting. There's still gonna be wave one, whatever. I can, I, look, should, I can look at the pictures of the ones you take. When we get closer, we should we should do on like the closest episode to March. We should do like March post Madness. your post your wave one, wave one celebration day or something like that. 
I'm yeah, going to get, you... like, my pajamas on. I'll get the Christmas tree back out. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Look maybe, at my box. Maybe we'll Look do a box. Uh, <laughs> What's in the box? A podcast uh, right right in the shop. Ooh. Ooh, we can have box an unboxing day. day. That'd be yeah. cool. That'd be cool. Hey, like um, Catalyst, if you guys are listening, if you want to send my box early, that'd be that'd be super good uh, promotion for you guys to do an unboxing. And any of us WNRP members, you can definitely send us free stuff for <laughs> sponsoring <laughs> sponsoring everything you're trying to do. Whore. To make Whore. <laughs> Whore. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of free stuff. Seriously, send yeah. us free stuff. <laughs> Let's we, talk about free stuff. We we love to um, not necessarily critique, but we love to promote um, things that work and things that are good and improvements. Um, then you get the benefit of everyone else approving and following. Yes. What? Use us. Oh, I Use got us. I got you. Use this as that. something. Use this for benefit. Oh, that's where the cockpit is. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? First I just got day my out of the academy. I just <laughs> got my <laughs> I remember the first day I fell down the, the, the cable ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Marauder battle armor in my Ironwind. Ironwind's uh, order, and I've been like looking at the thing. I'm like, "Where's the cockpit?" <laughs> and it's right there. So I found it. I thought it was the big nozzle thing, and I'm like, "That's got to be uncomfortable." <laughs> this is the first time I've heard you say nozzle, and it was pretty funny. Nozzle. I like it. I like it. Nozzle. Word of the day is nozzle. Nozzle. So anyway, yeah. I got my Marauder battle armor. I'm super excited. I uh, we put in some big orders, uh, you, Tommy, and I to Ironwood Metals, and it, it didn't take too long. No, and no, kudos to Ironwood Metals, man. They're they're freaking awesome. And they're... we want to we thank them for sending us uh, three new pieces of 2019 fourth quarter to uh, try out for free. I yeah, mean, thank yeah. you for that. It was a got, Jupiter, Jupiter three. Yep. And what'd you pick? Shadowcat. Uh, the Shadowcat Prime. Three. Shadowcat Shadow Prime. Yeah, that's gonna Which, be yes. on. Shadowcat yeah. three is not on the MUL yet. Correct. Right. They, <laughs> they're not quite ready to come out of the bag, but. We, we, we also got a, we also got a Neanderthal so. And it was interesting to hear how many people wanted to covet that knuckle dragger, you know. Has a and big I had, hatchet. I had no idea what it looked like. It has a big hatchet. That sounds like fun carrying a big stick. My knife guy has a big stick. <laughs> My axe man yeah, did too, but it got cored just as fast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, super shout out to uh, Ironwind Metals and the Office Winch, uh, which the first time Andrew said the Office Winch, I was mm -hmm. like, dude, don't call people Office Winches. 
but apparently that's what she calls herself and puts it on all of her email headers. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we're okay with calling her the office wench. So well, yay, Ironwood medals. If, if people like that kind of sort of thing, we should help it along, I guess. Got to roll with it. Yep. Teach their own. Equity right. instead of equality, right? There you go. Sure. <laughs> uh, Andrew, you've been pretty quiet. Should we start talking about some uh, some basis of people supporting us in the idea that we have this alternate um, base of processing uh, to hit damage in Alpha Strike that comes even out of the book? We're going to talk some Alpha Strike. Yes. Well, I don't know if I'd say that anybody's following us, but this is what we're doing for, our, for the 350 tournament, so. Um, we had we had some questions around two um, d six per point of damage and kind of how we were uh, going to work with that and we've done some play testing um, within our own group here and I think we've found uh, what I think we've all come to consensus that we found a, a pretty decent um, alternative way of doing specials. Um, so there was a lot of questions around um, BAR, AMS, and specifically heat. Um, these Iowa boys all of a sudden decided that heat was the coolest thing on the planet, and everything that they do is heat. Except for me. So It would have been until you ruined it. So <laughs> the, way, the way the rule states in the, the Commander's Edition with rolling damage the way we've decided to do it there is the either or option you have you can either do your weapon damage or you can do your special specifically around heat so we didn't like that that was it kind of neuters units too much so we took the approach of where in standard alpha strike you roll 1d6 and if you hit you do all of the damage at that range plus any specials, right? So in what we're going to go, what we're going to do going forward is, is kind of a combination of classic. Um, when you're rolling, say you have specials for SRM, LRM, flak, heat. When you pick up your dice, you're going to specify just as in classic, Hey, these are my SRMs specifically for units that have AMS because they uh, negate a point of damage um, from those types of weapons. Or if I roll my two hit and I get a hit and I have the special of heat, I can pick up and make a special roll uh, for that heat damage, um, rolling the two hit number again. So we found Aaron and I have played a couple of games um, where we've tested that theory out. He had a couple of units that were doing uh, that had two, two, two heat, I think. And it, it was a good compromise. It actually worked out pretty well in the game. He got to apply heat. He took, how many times did you take? I think I had three rounds of different mechs where they were more or less not able to do a lot because of their heat but um, was able to manage it, and it added more flavor to the game, which I found um, interesting and fun. Yeah, like um, 
what I mean, to my initial thought with Heat was like, oh man, I could totally like just neuter all of his forces and shut and him down because in the rules, Heat add for every point of Heat, you add a plus one to hit on your next round if you don't flush and minus two movement points and minus two yeah. movement points per Heat, which is huge. Yeah, so um, you're slowing them down from maneuverability. You're slowing them down, and you're making it harder for them to hit you, which is, I mean, in 350, that's 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 a huge that's uh, control factor. That's two birds, one stone. Yeah, but, but you can only do two a max of two per round. Right. The rules state that you can only a mech can only take two points of heat per turn, which works okay. So either they fire or they crap. You know. Right. Yeah, you're either going to fire your weapons, not flush, and then I'm going to hit you again, and you're going to shut down. Yep. Well, the nice thing with this is, is that you may or may not hit, right? True. And right. That, and that's what happened. So we, we we did do a first game where we kept it like if I hit you, I automatically applied two heat. And that one got a little crazy. Yeah, that almost shut your Nova down, right? A few times. Yeah. I think well, that, that one was, and we looked at that and we're like, whoa, we need to rethink this. Yeah, because that was that was close to like shutting the whole system down, like on the on the, on the opponent's side. It was pretty I powerful. Think, I don't think I ever shut a mech down, but it was it's close. it was pretty impossible for him to do anything. Yep. But, and Andrew will go into the to the little rule change that we did. Um, it was a fun. It was it was manageable control for myself. And for me, I, I I didn't play with any heat, and I was able to manage. I was able to manage those offsets, if you will, throughout the game. Um, I, I there was three rounds where I didn't have a unit that could shoot, um, but that's part of the game, right? Um, but as we've been playtesting this, and and you guys going off the deep end trying to find all these <laughs> units with heat. <laughs> Um, we have been discovering quite a few units that will do, uh, they have the potential to do heat with a you know short medium long of two 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 but their weapons damage you don't have any long range damage now yeah, that's minimal or nothing according to the rules in in standard alpha strike if you can't do damage at a range you cannot apply your heat and in the 1d 2d6 per point of damage the way it's stated in the book you can do an either or and we didn't care for that so this is the this is the route we're going to address the units that are in the in the basket of i do damage at short and medium but nothing long but i have the ability to do heat at long we're going to take the approach of a zero star so what the, what that means is is that if I say, for instance, I've got an opponent um, A that, or e, e that is a two two zero for damage, but it has a two 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 heat. So at long range, I could deal two points of heat. So I would calculate my two hit like normal. I would roll those two those two points of damage. So I'm rolling two sets of two d six, and if I roll the two hit number um, at that range. I would end up rolling that set of dice again, and if I roll an eight or higher, we're going to allow that that heat point to be applied. I think that's that's a, a good balance of, you know, 
going against the rule of, hey, I can't do damage at that range, but I can still do this thing, um, add some more flavor and, and, and see what, what, what could happen. Um, we're going to continue to play test. I, it's, as of right now, I think it works very, very well. Um, I, I don't see us abandoning it going forward. We're going to have to write some, write some rules and, and get them very, very clear in, in the tournament guide. But that is where we're at with uh, rolling 2d6 um, per point of damage. Aaron, do we want to talk about, you know, a lot of the things that we've been kind of discussing in game state versus, you know, if I roll a natural crit and don't roll it, or if I roll and I didn't know to, didn't tell my opponent that I had AMS or stealth or something yeah. like that. Um, what what how are we going how are we going to address that and how, what what is for others that may be running this tournament what's the sure. right way to handle that so and before we go into that i just want to one more make it clear that with those specials when you can't do damage at long range but you can do heat at long range um you pick up two sets of dice roll them if you get an eight or higher that's like saying that your weapon did lock on to the target then you pick up your two hit dice and you roll the two hit number oh that's you... not that's not what i was thinking oh you were thinking roll the 2d6 first to see if you even hit yep and then you roll 2d6 to see if it made it that far to get to get the eight to to roll the eight much okay. like what it is much the the exact same way the rules yes. are for quote unquote standard alpha strike for anything that's a zero star. Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. That way, sure. that way we have a place to reference and point people to and not have to rewrite the book. Okay. Just wanted to clear that up. Yep. Anyway, um, to get back to Andrew's subject, uh, and this is a, this is a thing that I'm taking from my X-Wing background in X-Wing, there's such things, there's there's a thing called missed opportunity and game state. Now, game state is defined as, and it gets a little murky, basically you can tell the difference between a must and a may. I may do something and I don't do it is a missed opportunity. If I must do this thing, that's game state. Now in Battletech it gets super murky because I don't think the the game designers had this in mind and they weren't you know they're not thinking of uh, verbiage very much. <laughs> so we came up with some things and one of the one of the big instances um, that we've been debating is we're playing with the natural twelve rule, whereas if you roll your two d six for a damage and you roll a twelve on your two hit that is a natural 12 and an automatic crit you roll your crit see where it is it, it gives you the option and it gets a little closer to battletech classic on you know you rolling uh, dice and you get an automatic crit what it is is that if you don't if you don't remember that and you you're you're attacking and you roll your your dice and you roll a 12 and you scoop them up and you don't roll your crit, you forget about it. Is it on your opponent 
to tell you that, hey, you rolled a natural 12, you have to roll a crit now. That is that is the definition of a... I mean, that's what it would be if this was a game state ruling. If it was a game state ruling, both of you are responsible to follow the rules. And if someone doesn't do a rule, it's on you as the opponent to also reinforce that. Now, you can go... What happens if you don't remember, if both of you don't remember to roll that crit and a round goes by, then all of a sudden me being, you know, the attacker and rolled the natural 12, I'll go, oh, hey, wait a minute. I rolled a 12 on that. I should, I should be able to apply a crit. That's where the debate gets into. Is it a missed opportunity or is it game state? I think a majority of us are leaning towards the missed opportunity section. I think I don't know. That's I that's agree. where I'm at. That's why I, I will I will definitely the first time that it happens, you know, especially gauging it whether this is a new player or someone who's who's just still kind of learning the game. I will go out of my way to make sure that hey, you know, you rolled that twelve. Make sure you roll your crit. But after having to do two or three times, at that point, I may stop. Because sooner or later, a person has to be responsible for their for their gameplay. Um, but that's but that's me. It, it's sure the hard knocks life, and and maybe if you learn hard the the first time, you won't miss it. You won't miss it going forward. Um, and, yeah, from, and I'll, from yeah, I'll give another I'll give another example on the other side of what I consider. Um, Game state. So if, if the missing the natural 12 is missed opportunity, a game state would be is if you have two points of heat on your mech and you forget that you have two points of heat on your mech. Now, as an opponent, and I forget. Now, at the end of the round, you're like, oh, wait a minute. You, when you go to your heat phase, you're like, oh, no. I have two points of heat. Now, is that a game state situation where you deduct everything that that mech did to your mech because it's game state? He was not allowed to to hit you. Well, see, and that and that goes that goes even further, right? That if he didn't, if if your opponent didn't recognize that he had two points of heat, that's also a minus four inches of move. Correct. So, depending upon all of the factors on the table, if say they've got a ten-inch move at two heat, he should only be able to move six. Now, if you've got uh, a damn spider that Aaron keeps <laughs> running that jumps freaking twenty inches, it's so good. And he jumps behind you. Um, how how do you resolve that? Right. Um, that's there will be some there there will have to be some judgment calls and um yeah it, it well, and that's that's the basis of the argument is when do i walk things back right if it's a game state situation you have to walk it back if you catch it in the round that it occurs you have to walk it back right and what when i i mean a big catch all to all of this is if you've moved on to the next round or two or three. I mean, if, or even two, I mean, at 
definitely two or three because there's no way you can walk everything back. But if you're no. at the end of the round and you took damage from a mech that one shouldn't have been able to move that far or two been able to hit you, you walk it back. Now, you know, then it gets into the murky. Well, I should still be able to shoot and try to hit him. I mean, as long as the pieces haven't moved again, I think you should be able to do that. It's a game state situation. You minus your damage that you took. He moves where he should have been able to move. Or or is it like the opponent moves him four inches back and then you, you re recalculate the two hit? That's that's the discussion. See, I kind of I kind of like the idea that the opponent, your your opponent, is, say I'm at two heat and I for, and I forget and I move my full ten inches of move, and it comes to the end phase and went oh shit I wasn't supposed to be able to go that far. I think your opponent should be able to move your piece back along the direction of travel up to four inches. Shame, shame, shame. And then you ring the chain bell. But Fair enough. so so there's my there's my two examples of game state versus missed opportunity. So your natural twelve hit, you forgot, your opponent forgot, comes up later, you're like, dude, you forgot. Like I'm not gonna take damage on myself because you forgot. And we've we've discussed <clears throat> some of this before of hey, we didn't you know, we forgot about the rule, we'll we'll play it out, you know and start doing it the way we should now <clears throat> as long as right. you can play it. Yeah. Now, I'm going to warn everybody, <laughs> missed opportunity in game state is the pitfall for being a dick during tournament play. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just going to let you all know this. This is this is breeding ground for for negative play experiences. And this is, building this a is reputation. Where arguments yeah, this is where arguments come from. And I, I just, like, that's why my big stickler, when we do finally publish, and it's got the pictures, and it's got all the done, you know, it looks great, the 350 rules. Like, believe me, Game State and Missed Opportunities will be spelled out on just about every in instance you can, you can have. Uh, because if it's in the rules, now... Take me, for instance. I'm an X-Wing player, and I, I will pretty much let everything go. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a seasoned player or you're not. I don't, I'm just a non-confrontational guy. I just want to play the game. <laughs> but we are talking about the Battletech community. So I'm what? just saying that this is opening the doors for a lot of arguments. That's why there's a judge there. But I'm just saying even though there's a judge there doesn't mean that people are going to get rubbed the wrong way. That's, that's, that, that's true, Andrew. We do have that on recording now. <laughs> when, I, I, when I think uh, kind of in my Shut mind, up. the rule of thumb should be if I made a mistake that could be viewed as a benefit to me, then I lose that max action. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. If, if it's something where I missed something that would have been a benefit, then, then that's a missed opportunity. Kind of like in your example of... Uh, if I forgot my mech's heat, well, then we'll walk my mech back and it just sits there. Yeah. Uh, be, because there's too many opportunities for, oh, I forgot about my heat every turn and I move my mech and then I see where you move your mech. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
no, if you if you did something outside of the the way that the state of the board is right now that got you some sort of advantage, well, then you just lose that action with that mech. Um, and I, I agree with you there, Dirks, especially because you could, it's going to happen. Like someone's like, oh, I had two heat. And they're like, okay, I'm going to move you back four inches. And if he's allowed to shoot again, say he missed the first time and he gets super lucky and rolls that freaking natural 12. <laughs> and you're like, God. So yeah, I think yeah. I think losing the ability to shoot is is a penalty. It, that's what it is. It's a penalty. Yep. You're supposed to keep track of your mechs, your game state, and if you don't, then you get penalized. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me yeah. twice, shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one I, I think an example from uh, your guys's uh, live stream is when you forget about stealth. Oh yeah. yes. You know, you, you you say, oh, I have stealth. I forgot about it for those two turns. You know, I forgot about it this turn. You don't go back and say, well, you have to reroll your damage, you know, your two yep. hits, because it's actually too higher than what it was, what, what it was. You say, well, that was my mistake. It, yep. You know, it would have been a benefit to me, but I missed it. So that's a perfect example of missed opportunity. Right. And being Pro able tip. to being able to be accepting of our own vices is a very good thing too of like hey yeah. i'm gonna pony up i screwed up sorry let's move on yeah and pro I tip know. guys in your 350 games highlight all of your special stuff like with a highlighter go ahead and highlight it because <laughs> it is super forgetful um to to miss something like stealth or miss something like um you know, there's tons Everything. of special abilities out there, and you never know what variant has this. It's just a very helpful tip to have it highlighted. So when you look down at your card, you're like, oh, hey, by the way, I have stealth. Another another rule. So there, there were some questions about some rules and things that we may have played wrong. One that seems to continually trip people up is base contact. Yes. And being able to shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a huge one. So when you're in base contact, you are not allowed to do weapons damage to the unit you're in base contact with. And what's base contact? Base contact is base within an inch. Within an inch, guys. Within an inch. Doesn't mean you're touching. If you're within an inch of another mech. No, you can't fire weapons. Hold on. I'm, I might need to double check that. No, <laughs> I, no we went over that. We went over it. I, I don't I want to be wrong. wrong. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, we better bring up. Base and to give... base is when they're physically touching. Yep. Base to base, when two miniatures are physically touching each other on the table, they are said to be adjacent to each other or in base to base contact. And Otherwise, the confusing part is, is because melee has a range of one inch. Two inches. So, well, no, not not the special ability, physical attacks. There you go. Sorry. Physical Thank attacks. You for physical attacks are within one inch. You were right. right. Okay, that's where I'm. You know, so yeah, Thank if you you're within clarifying. one inch, then you can do a physical attack instead of fire. Oh, but you can still fire weapons. No, instead of, but you can make a you can make a decision of do I fire weapons or do I do a physical attack? Okay, so if but, you are literally touching, you cannot fire weapons. Correct. If you are within an inch, you can do a physical attack, a melee attack, 
or fire weapons. Yes. If you are within two inches, you can do a melee attack or fire weapons. Yes. There you go. The more that's, you know. That's, do, 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 one do, do, that, do. that's one that continually trips everyone up. Another one, another thing that I found while reading through the rules again here the other day is infantry do not pay the extra inch of movement to go through trees. Roger. Because uh-huh. they're small. Because they're small. That's huge. Because that Look includes battle small. armor. Does it include battle armor? Infantry units reduce movement cost to enter this terrain by one inch to a minimum of plus zero. Yeah. Battle armor are infantry. Wow. We've Suck been doing track. it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My marauders can move two inches. <laughs> well, so uh, another pro tip or, or another idea when it comes to your 350 is mounting and dismounting infantry. So huge. Your infantry have to mount at the beginning of the transport's movement phase. So say I have a TUR, tran- uh, infantry transport. 331. I have, I have battle armor that's in base contact with that, with that infantry transport. I can spend two inches of movement of your 18. core by the infantry to load that infantry into said transport. Move said transport to where I want it to go and dismount infantry all in the same turn. Now, the fun thing with that is, is your battle armor, while they don't have any movement, they don't get their TMM, they get to shoot. Oh, yeah. Bangity, bang, bang. When you start looking at Marauder battle armor, or you start looking at, like, the Rogue Bear, or any assault battle armor, for that matter... When you start looking at being able to do multiple points of damage at medium range, which just means most likely you're doing that much, if not more, at short, um, all of a sudden your infantry transport, instead of doing three points of damage at medium range, now you're throwing six. Uh That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. So... And the, but don't don't forget that your in your battle armor or your infantry, whatever it is, they do still receive their plus one because they're infantry. I hope and all that made sense. Don't forget <laughs> about their movement distance because that can affect you know whether they can do those actions. Well, they and, can reach it. right when we, there was some confusion about if it cost movement points for dismounting, which it doesn't but it, i believe it must it probably used to um because on uh, page 39 after we had our conversation about it on page 39 in the example text it talks about using movement points to dismount so you know, son of a bitch so they yep. say it both <laughs> ways in the rule book um yep. but yeah. I, I did look up the errata and it does clarify that so oh, okay awesome so yes it is free to dismount so yeah you can throw them in your in your uh, bandit, drive them all the way across the map, dump them off, and have them shoot. That's all. That's all good. Now, the other fun thing, if you do like to try, is VTOLs and <laughs> dropping jump-capable troopers. We dropping jump-capable jump-capable troopers from a VTOL 
the main difference is they don't the infantry do not get to shoot. Mm-hmm. They have a plus three to hit. So it's a plus three, plus one for infantry, but they also can scatter. So you have a target number that you have to roll for that infantry unit to land in the spot that you want it to land in. And they can take if, damage. If they scatter, they will take damage. Yep. So all kinds of different little things that, that you know, we've been kicking around and, and playing around. So, um, yeah, lots of neat and, stuff. And why does infantry and VTOLs and bandits matter in 350? Um, <laughs> objectives. <laughs> objectives. Man. So if you're new to the podcast, we have this thing called three, the 350-point tournament format. And it is an objective-based, randomly rolled uh, scenario tournament uh, format focused around Alpha Strike, where you create a unit of 350 points. There are some construction rules that go into it. Check out our Facebook page for the for the rule book that needs desperately need to be updated. Yeah. But um, basically, there are five object or five scenarios, four of which rely heavily on objectives you can win the game with no mechs and have more objectives than your tone uh, your your opponent infantry are vital they're cheap they disrupt they're easy to transport they are so good in this in this tournament format for contesting um, objectives and and one of our big things was we wanted to the whole the whole reason for the 350 was one to be able to pick up a game anywhere two was to have combined arms be more prevalent in BattleTech. and i think we hit the nail on the head because i can tell you right now uh, that there's no reason not to have at least four sets of or at least two sets of infantry and you will probably use them every game except for stand-up fight but I limit my infantry to two to three units. Yeah, I think two is plenty. Right. I'm crazy and I go four just because um, in in some scenarios, it's they could win you the game outright. Um, but I, it's just... Our, our main goal for this thing was to to be able to incorporate VTOLs, armor, infant. I mean, even even like platoon or, or infantry, regular motorized or just yep. <laughs> foot infantry can do huge things in this game. Um, light tag infantry, by the way. <laughs> but uh, they can even mount up on omnis and shield your mechs if you have to have that little bit of extra armor yeah, point to survive. It's just a lot of fun, and the reason we're talking about battle armor is because battle armor is a big part of the 350 makeup, and um, well, all these little yeah. rules that I guarantee you I never knew all this. Like, entrenching before, before we start this whole thing, I I would have never put battle armor on the field. Period. And now it's like, okay, I'm starting. I always start with my battle armor is the first thing I'm putting in. Uh, now depending I on feel, the scenario, so now I can finally field an entire galaxy. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so much fun. It's... And, and if you guys want to go real crazy, you can bring out the uh, Combat Engineer, Royal Engineer Platoons, Royal Guards. 
which rolls right off the tongue, but it is the only unit in the in the MUL that has the uh, TRN special ability, which means that they can make trench works and uh, field uh like ha- oh. hardened terrain basically for themselves <laughs> that's awesome that's so, right dig so, deeper than an alabama tick yeah set, the, set them right on the king of the hill and trench in boys <laughs> <laughs> the, well the thing is is uh it, it's a it changes the terrain but uh it it's not just for your team so if the enemy uh takes over your two inch space then uh they then their infantry gets the plus two target modifier Oh, probably need to probably need to make a note so we can get a token for that. Oh yeah, um, I did. did uh, Commander edition say something about um, digging foxholes and stuff like that. Uh, that's digging in. Yeah, yeah, digging in yeah. and using. <laughs> the other thing is you you don't want to take your mechs off the board if there's infantry on there because they can technically hide amongst the wreckage oh, of yeah. a downed mech. So from the just, just crazy fun little things that they, they put in the book for a reason. And we're just exploiting those rules and, and giving everyone a new aspect of how to play Battletech. So we're going to um, give, we're going to give Ironwind medals, like a 10 point jump, a little, and little bump and in, in their like non mech unit <laughs> purchases for the year. It's, it's really awesome. Anyway, check it out. It's super fun. Uh, I think the rules are, very easy to follow um so now that we're adding stuff in but it's 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 fun it's objective based battle tech it's fast uh every game is an hour and 15 minutes uh no matter what so i'm i'm to the point now where i don't um that that's what i want to play yeah do you do you think this is higher on your priority list than classic Every day? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I would agree more. Um, I mean, Classic still has its good place that I'm still going to play it. Um, but I'm, I'm, you have this easier setup time and you have a more utilitarian format that anybody can show up with a 350 list and you can play within 10, 15 minutes instead of spending hours looking for uh, the correct maps and the scenario and all the other things it's it's a whole package ready to go i'm on the other side I like it. <laughs> he's gonna be a diehard till the day he dies crit seeker um the other and just the other thing is i have noticed that the 350 does even the playing field yes quite a bit you take a lot more units that you normally wouldn't take. You're like, hey, I would never take this variant, or I'd never take yeah. um, well, these, these others. Well, now I'm they're right on the list of like, well, why can't I? Hey, hey, I can push these together. And people are asking, you know, what's making you choose these things? Well, it can be the faction, you know, requires those for a, a, a composition list, or it's the equipment, like doing heat or plasma cannons or something along those lines, or it's the speed or maneuverability of them, or it's the staying power of the armor. I mean, uh, you can apply almost limitless uh, mechanics to what you want to engineer this list to accomplish and how, and add flavor to anything, especially from the lore and the history and the unit compositions. 
Um, I think I would, we've. Oh, go I, ahead. I, dis- I disagree just a bit um, on that, just from the simple fact of you can have four different Shadowhawk variants, and there really isn't any difference other than the variant number that's on them. Um, the variants really, I I think, play way more of a factor in Classic than they do in Alpha Strike. Um, Alpha Strike is very much more abstracted, so the, there's a lot of units that have the same the same stats. Um, and that could be just because of the chassis, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just... You know, there's there's ten thousand different individual units in BattleTech, but in Alpha Strike, I would I would bet that there's maybe you know a thousand distinct systems where you know yeah. they're they're different from one another. Yeah. Otherwise, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, there's a lot of similar chassis that just have a different name, but they have similar stats. Yeah, you got definitely have a point there. It's true. Um. I see where you're going here, Matt, because some people ask questions like, how do you go about building your 350 units? Oh, yeah. And I am in the probably corner with saying that I have been valuing lesser pilot skills over the rest of you. Um, a lot of a lot of my fellow playtesters are just leave it at skill four, bump it up to five or something if it's a, if it's a non- uh, combat unit, but it serves a purpose. Um, but myself, I usually like to have at least three pilots with a skill three, um, just just because. I mean, in in my mind process, if I can hit you faster, that's going to benefit me. You die faster. Now, on the flip side, with these guys, uh, they're bringing a lot more guns. So does it even out? Yes, probably. I mean, obviously it does because I don't think I've. I think I've only won one three fifty match. <laughs> but, You're not one. Uh, for me, I like I like the smorgasbord. I like some low skill pilots. I like speed. I like. Uh, I mean, my my model is I need two speed, uh, one turret, and when I say turret, it's heavy armor, a lot of a lot of damage. Can sit on a hill and just pump it out. And then I like to to fill in with mediums and heavies that can that have speed, have armor, have um, attack power. They they can just fill in um, into any situation. And then when it comes to combat vehicles, I'm kind of all over the place with that. I love the VTOLs. I love the I love my opponents. Um, I've been abusing using and abusing my Maxim heavy transport um, and battle armor. It's um, I usually like to have one set that can do damage that are assault battle armor, and then one set that can move at least six J just to move around and harass. Um, pro t- or, uh, a nice little tip is there's not a lot, but there's some battle armor that has the X mech ability, which allows you to latch on to any mech. It's not just Omnis, which is any very ground helpful. Ve- anything, any ground, unit. any ground vehicle. Which is which is beneficial. Um, they got a few setbacks, but they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're usually not the best battle armor when it comes to it, but the ability to move with any unit 
is is beneficial to me. But that's that's usually how I go around. Uh, uh, I, I usually like to have the two speed and the turret. That's kind of where I build my base at. Who wants to go I'm going to go make another drink while you guys talk. What are you saying, Andrew? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go ahead, big dog. So I think I think I've talked about my strategy before as well. I've kind of settled on between 140 and 150 points. I'm trying to find three all-around, all-purpose units that basically these three units I'm going to have in any scenario that we play. And then I build the rest of the stuff around those three and think about the scenarios and and what units can I use to help me achieve those objectives easier. Um, I don't take, I, I try not to take anything that doesn't have less than a two TMM when it comes to mechs. Um, I've got one big armor unit that I've been really happy with. Um, and then I'm I looking at it. That thing's pulled it out of the drain so many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally destroyed me that one game. I'm I'm I've been pretty happy with that choice. So um and then I'm and then I'm looking at infantry transports and speed. Um and like um I think it was Dirk said one one assault armor and one lighter armor. Right now I'm running with three um battle armor. Um and I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty happy with the list I got. I'm I'm doing pretty well. So um another thing, another another little tidbit that um I've passed on to you guys as well, but I'll pass on to the group is in programming parlance there is this concept of the coin change challenge or the coin change algorithm which I've found in Java, I found in Python, I think there's a C-sharp program out there as well. But what I've started to do is, is I will take my list and enter it into the script and say, I need to know all of the combinations of the point values that I have that equal 200. And it will kick out, here's the combinations that get you to 200. That makes choosing your forces a lot easier because you can see how the combinations go together and you can start fitting the combinations into the scenarios that you're going to play. For me, it's been extremely beneficial. So, Yeah, we, okay, need, we need to have something that does that for us automatically. Yeah, I'm still working on my programming <laughs> skills to put a web page up, but I'm not there yet. And I haven't I haven't spoke with Brian about it again. I should again. Um, I can probably mention it tomorrow to see what we can start. <sighs> you know, I I have made a lot of changes to my process because um, normally I'll just go big, slow max that just deal <clears throat> piles of dice damage, and adding in fast hover tanks with battle armor. But now I'm starting to see that, yeah, with, along with the objectives, usually you only have about three, three to six objectives to really meet. You only need like maybe three, three battle armor tops to keep contesting 
those objective sites and having something for them to write on because it's like you can take a the fire moth golf g model and you can run sprint all the way up to the objective and then back the next turn after you survive after you've waited long enough and survived (laughs) so wearing those battle armor really do help your very thin exoskeleton or endosteel bones you've come a long ways matt (laughs) well i you just wait till we have our bet challenge uh here this february the first we're gonna get together down at oc games and comics and we're gonna have three on three and we're gonna see what's gonna happen i think we're gonna do the 8k first though but yep i think orange city is the 8k and then big plug for the bet for those who are new to listening um it is minnesota versus iowa ding 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 it's the big showdown um last gen con we jokingly made a bet and then got really serious about it (laughs) in about a half an hour's time um that we were gonna make t-shirts on the front it says i suck at battletech and on the back it says bondsman (laughs) and uh it's andrew and marv and guest uh yeah the third still a mythical carrying carrying the flag for minnesota and it is matt tommy and myself uh carrying the flag for iowa and the challenge is um we will do a round robin uh 8k which is 8,000 points of classic battletech and then we're going to do that this february at oc games and we will stream the whole thing for your viewing pleasure and uh then for an amazing six hours probably yeah (laughs) and then the the second leg of it is date to be determined yet will be in minnesota in minneapolis and that will be a round robin 350 point alpha strike tournament and then determining on that if the scores are tied we'll have to come up with a tiebreaker at gen con but at that point whoever maybe maybe pods if it's not oh yeah the the tiebreaker might be the the um, mech warrior pods mech warrior pods which I'm not a fan of because I suck at that game. It's all right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you got me? All right, I cool. Got you. Um, but uh, I will own anyway, you guys in those. You didn't by like the, By the end of it, uh, we should, if there's not a tiebreaker, and by the end of the 350, we will have the winners and the losers, and then the shirts will be purchased, and they have to wear those uh, at least one day at Gen Con. Um, and they have to do our bidding. <laughs> I, I can't imagine it's within gonna, within reason. I, I can't imagine it's going to be uh, that close of battling. But if it really comes down to like a bunch of tiebreakers, maybe one of them should be like a spelling contest. It <laughs> or, won't. Or it won't. Like, you don't have to worry oh, about it. I would wreck Marv. Guzzling Marv a, can't spell. Guzzling a pint and having to like uh, do a foot race for like a hundred yards. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll take Marv in the spelling contest. Uh, Andrew versus I get Andrew and Matt in the in the running contest. <laughs> Tommy versus can drink faster, but I can run in the drinking contest. <laughs> oh, how about me and Marv uh, 
we could do the sumo wrestling or something like that. Oh, there you go. I like arm that one. Arm wrestling. No, 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 no. Sumo wrestling. That way my gut can uh, be a part of. <laughs> Hit sumo. We'll get you in diapers. <laughs> and uh, we'll set up the ring right in the middle of uh, Hall B. And we'll let you go at it. Hall C, sorry. Circle of equals. <laughs> anyway, so that's the bet. And that's uh, will be coming up on February 1st. So be tuned. We will definitely have a web uh, YouTube. Uh, we'll either do YouTube or Twitch. I'm not sure which one we'll do. Yeah, we'll definitely stream that. That'll be a that'll be a lot of setups too. It'll be fun, <clears throat> especially we'll, with we'll we'll set it up that we'll set it up that Friday night. That way, when we get there, it's ready to go and roll some dice. Oh, I can't wait to roll some dice again. Like every week, it's just like I got this itch of like I have to roll some dice. Dirks, did you do a year three fifty mentality or? Uh, no. Because I haven't been able to play my 350, <laughs> but uh, but I, I've I've come up with a few different lists. Um, I shared a couple with you guys, the bad guy lists. Yeah. Um, and my reasoning with those was definitely uh, find a special ability that I thought would be able to uh, sway the odds in my favor, right. um, and then boat the crap out of them. Um, <laughs> Actually, I could probably post uh, one or both of those on the uh, Facebook page so people oh, can see cool. kind of what I had. Because um, while they're both interesting, I don't think I would run either one of them. So it wouldn't be uh, <laughs> any skin off my nose if somebody's like, oh, that's cool. I'll just run that. Yeah, go for it. I don't I, – I, I, I'm not sure. But kind of for me – because like some of these guys they do uh i don't know the open category of just whatever mech whatever unit whenever which is totally fine but that's like too much for me to grab onto um <laughs> so i start off by going into the mul and uh picking a faction and oh, i nice. kind of work it that way oh that's cool yeah i filter by faction and then i start just kind of scrolling through see if anything inspires me um, and then go from there because, uh, well, like a lot of them, depending on the era that you pick, you might have four or 500 units listed, uh, for yeah. just battle max. So that alone is plenty, um, to try to pick from, um, let alone, uh, otherwise I'd literally spend all day on the <laughs> MUL going from, you know, just refreshing the home screen, waiting for them to <laughs> show me that one mech that does 12 damage and only costs 25 PV, you know? Error. Error. Right. Take Dirks. advantage. Dirks, how many lists do you have put together along faction lines? Three. I've got I've got four. I just put my daughter's ghost bear unit together. So I've got my son. <laughs> my son is Kirita. My daughter's playing Ghost Bear. I got Marv's Jade Falcons, and I have my Dragoon in it. So, does your daughter have a Kodiak two two? Nope. She should. <laughs> nope. Awesome. I don't play the way I don't play the way you guys do. I call him Teddy Bear. <laughs> well, no. It, 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 oh, in my in my wise? searching, the Kodiak two two. It is uh, it's eight eight six for damage, sixty five PV. So it's a big investment, but it has a uh, Battle Mac Hard Gel three, so it regains two armor points every turn. Oh, that's what's up ball. there. What's up with that? Holy balls! What? What? 
Hard gel does that. It has battle. It has battle tech hard gel. Yeah. Battle tech hard gel. Spoiler alert, boys. Right. Wow. So Kodiak two two. Look it up. I'm looking at it right now. Two, right. four, six, Great. eight. Now, ten points of armor. Three structure. It does eight, eight, six. Moves eight. And has three overheat. Yep. And the big wow. thing is the, is that special ability battle because I it's kind of uh, I think of it as complete aggro because I, it you're, once you're people start shooting at it. They have to just keep shooting at it because they need to take it down. Otherwise, it'll just it, it'll regain two two armor points and keep coming. Where, where did you see that? It's probably on special ability because on, on page seventy seven of Commander's Edition, Battle Mech Hard Gel, a mech protected by Hard Gel, ignores the additional hull breach critical hit checks required for being attacked while underwater oh, no. or in a vacuum. All other causes. For critical hit rolls, still apply as normal. That is, that's what hard gel does, and that makes sense. <clears throat> what page? Seventy-seven. Yeah, we'll keep looking into it. Uh, page eighty-three. It talks more about it, and it says uh, improved versions. And it, there's no other thing listed for, like, in. IBHJ, just uh, but it says improved versions. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, hard gel two or three will recover armor points lost to damage as long as they begin the end phase with at least one point of armor. <gasps> okay, that's 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 versions two or three. That's not hard gel. Right, not not the hard gel, but the BHJ with a two or three after it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. That I, that I'm seeing now. Yep. Right, which the Kodiak That's two two has bonkers. BHJ three. So Jesus, dun dun dun. I just, um, it's still sixty five points to me. That's just yeah. way too much. That's just way too many points to, to have in a unit. You waddle that thing into the into the king of the hill zone <laughs> and just stand there. That's really, all you got to do. Got? What you got? Oh, I can get that's, that. Back. That's when you. That's when you mount your battle armor there, and you do a, a anti mech combat. Just yep. automatic crit, automatic crit, automatic crit. <laughs> yeah, that would be one counter. Yeah. Roll out some HT, and then uh, bring the mech down in two turns. And Dark, that thing is gross. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> that thing is gross. It's just too many points, though. Everybody Guys, just to give you a heads up, 65 points, listeners, is a lot of points in 350. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, and what, one thing that kind of going back to my, my thinking is I think I'm going to have a cornerstone in every one of my units, <laughs> and it's going to be the Sprint Scout Helicopter Interdictor. Ooh. And run it at a skill 7? Run it at a skill 7. It only costs like 8 or 9 PV at that point. Yep. But it's a VTOL that has it does no damage, but it moves 26 and it carries ECM. So you can put ECM basically anywhere you want on the board um, for nine points. So to me, it's good to have, you know, if you're going up against the Curita deck or, or a Curita uh, <laughs> list or a Word of no, list, good you can segue. throw that out there. Good segue because has anyone run, has anyone put together a C3 list? Tommy has. I have uh, two. I got a, a standard type C3 list, and I have a C3 improved list. 
So, and that's your 350. And that's in a 350. Yep. How many masters do you have in that in that set? Well, the C3I is everyone's a master. Well, I understand that, but that's Comstar shit, and I, I don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> He's already an Emerald Pigeon. How so, much farther can you go? No, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious when you build out that C3 unit, whether you take something like a C3 mastered Battle Master, and then also take like a Diamond, you know, a medium mech that has a master in it. So that you have some flexibility in how you put the things together. If I'm not or, mistaken, I think there's a battle master that is a, a master two that could do two uh, C cube lists. But okay, so here's another question: How many units do you guys have on average on the table when you're playing? When you go oh, into your scenario and it's 200 question. points, how many units? Are you guys looking at on average that are on the table? For me, mine are anywhere from four to six units. I would say mine are usually five to six. Six, yeah. Six. Yeah. That's that's a really good sweet spot. Now, if you're talking stand up fight, no. I mean, you're gonna take your four heavy hitters I four, and go I have four mechs and I just pop polarize yeah. everything that's there. Right. <laughs> and 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 that's understandable because I, I, and that was always our thing. I always did want just a stand up fight. Like, hey, we're just going to go at each other and destroy each other. That, that's one of the scenarios. Well, I take that back. Of most, most of my stuff is six. I do have a couple of deals where I have eight units or seven units that I can get on the field, but they're so small. I don't know if that would, yeah. whether it would it's, play out right or not. Six is a very sweet spot, especially because usually one or two of those is battle armor. Yep. Um, yep. And that that ups it ups the level, but I would say if you're running six units on every, if you can get six units on every objective or every scenario, that's that's usually the sweet spot. How much? Another question. How much change do you guys have in your scenario when you when you so walk through this right? You get together, you partner up, you roll randomly, and you capture the flag. You get five minutes to put your, your force together. How mm -hmm. many of those units will you possibly use for Rampage? How many of those would be used for Domination? Like, in my instance, I have basically three units that will always be in the scenario. I change mine a lot. Yeah, like I would, I've, I've noticed that. But I, I would be comfortable with saying that I maybe only have one or two pieces that are in every every uh, scenario in my two hundred points. Okay, I, I, and that's just the way I build my lists. I I try to stick to like a forty to fifty point range. That way, I can move pieces around a ton. And that's kind of what I do too. I'm, I'm right around. I have three units. I'll take that back. I have four units at 42 or higher. And everything else comes in under that. But I'm what you call a tinkerer. <laughs> I'm never satisfied with anything. So like something, something to make note of. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I was just looking at my list. 
when you do select battle armor in the master unit list, the cost that you're getting in master unit list is for a squad of four. Now, when you pull up battle armor on the master unit list, if you continue to scroll down, you'll see the cards for a point and for a level one. So, so always keep that in mind that you want to look at that because there's, there's two factors that come into play there. One, as you increase your, your infantry unit, meaning I go from four troopers to five troopers, you might gain an armor point for like two extra points or three extra points. Or damage. The, the flip, yeah, and damage as well. But the flip side of that is you need to also make sure that you match up your infantry transports to the size of the infantry that you're taking. CAR and IT. Yes. Infantry transports is the is the ability for transports and cargo. CAR is so it'll have a CAR and then a number and an IT and a number. So you want to make sure that you can fit <laughs> everyone in your transport. So when I look at my tur and I look at my point of gnome battle armor, the yeah. tur's got to have a car five and the battle armor's got to have a. Uh, no, the transport's got to have an IT. Correct. The transport IT, IT and on the elementals. Yep. So cargo transport is CT. Car is for carry. It, the carry requires the IT and the CAR to match as far as the last number goes. Right. Your CAR and your IT need to match. Mm-hmm. And that, unless, again, now on the on the flip side... If you all have a battle, all battle armor, battle armor, you may you have to pay attention because not all battle armor have the MEC capability. MEC or for mechanized means any battle armor can mount any um, mech or vehicle. I'm sorry, anything that is omni has the omni special. Right. They can be mounted and carried as you read in fiction the way the clans do. Um, the mechs or the battle armor, like Aaron's rolling with, with the, I think there's the longus, there is uh, infra- there's a uh, infiltrators, I think, and the marauder battle armor, they marauder. have what they X mech at X M E C, which means they have magnetic clamps, which means they can attach to any ground unit for transport on the on the hull or on the exterior. So there's there's some play where you get in where if you take a bandit, right, I can load infantry and I can mount infantry on that unit. So there's some interesting combinations when you start looking at Omni vehicles with IT. You can actually carry two on a, on a vehicle like that. And if I'm not mistaken, you want to uh, dump the ones from the inside first, right? Because if the vehicles destroyed yes. they they're destroyed with it yep but if they're mounted on the outside you just drop them off yep that is correct yep pro tip Boo <laughs> to infantry cotton vehicles oh. yeah that's a bummer man did everybody get through their reason? tommy pick what tommy did. i don't think tommy did oh tommy sorry what? He doesn't play Alpha Strike. (laughs) I I tinker with. I'm a tink. Well, y'all know that. I have a list that probably changes once a week. 
hourly. Yeah, hourly. I've hourly. Change hourly. I've and that's and that's not just for Alpha Strike. That's for 8K as well. Yeah, Tommy and I go back and forth a lot with that stuff. Um, I I keep on testing things out and seeing what works and what doesn't work and. That's because that's where you get so. So with with that mode of of constantly switching things out, I don't know how to ask this question. How do you what's what's the how do you measure the criteria of the unit that you put together if you're only playing it one maybe two times? Like my three fifty, I've played probably ten or twelve games with my three fifty, my well, the one that I'm. I'm basically kind of settled on and I'm actually continuing to learn different ways of deploying that unit and different ways of doing things with it, even 12 games in. So I'm curious, is it just you want to try new units and you're just cycling stuff out or. Yes. I, you know, I think with, I stick with some units. I do have some criteria. Um, maybe, and this is not a secret. I I like jumping, <laughs> so um, so most of my units will not ever have the weak jump. Yes, um, just for the sole fact that that that's pretty much taken the the jumping modifier out. But when I switch things up and I try something different. I, I usually try to find, uh, and usually it's dealing with the specials, trying out different specials that a different unit might have. Um, but that being said, most units that I like, um, I'm I'm clan, but I'm also Curita. I uh, I like to dabble into the C cubed. Um, that's what I'm. I was looking at uh, before we started uh, the podcast. Was looking at C cubed, uh, improved improved C cubed uh, max. So, um, not that I'm going to go with the creator because I'm just going to go stick stick with some falcons. But uh, it's always nice to take a look. Um, there's some there's some good specials out there that I'd like to use. Um, uh, I, I told you about it before. The Dasher 2, uh, 2 4. Um, there's some interesting things with that. And there's uh, some other uh, combinations with TSM and Melee. Um, there's some, um, I think that Dasher 2 has hardened armor, so it's there's a crit resistance on that, so it negates a. Uh, um, one critical, uh, I think one critical per turn or something like that. Yeah, it's one critical per turn. Nope, it's it's or once one. once the crit Sorry. once the crit resistance is used. No, crit resistance is every time you roll a critical roll, it's negative two. That's right. It's armored components that you get a one time use. No. Yeah, it's it's it, minus but, two on the yeah, so you don't get hit. You don't get headshot. Yeah. You can get an ammo explosion, but usually you have case. Uh, it, for the Dasher 2, it doesn't matter. It only has no. one uh, structure. But 
Oh, <laughs> up anyways. The, you could, could you bump me, down a no critical. You got me thinking about these damn C3 Masters now. There's a Komodo for 41 points that's 4-4-0. Four armor, oh, two dude, structure. God I love Komodos. Oh, here we go. And it has ECM. Oh. I might have to put another list together. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and that's what I end up doing. Well, everybody, we just figured out what next week's going to be about. <laughs> uh, however, my, uh, my tinkering strategy is basically I think uh, whatever looks good on paper will look good on the, the battlefield. It's a bad <laughs> X- It's a very bad X-Wing habit that I have. Don't do that. It's, uh, don't do funny, it, dude. but... Like that's just the way my brain works. Like I'll see something like, "Oh, that's totally gonna work," and then it doesn't. Stick it in there, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do have to say one thing. Uh, one of the mechs that I usually stick in my clan three uh, fifties is the Phoenix Hawk two C six, and that was the one one of the mechs that I used that I I won that uh, Indiana patch, um, and that's oh, my that inner. That thing's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, introduced uh, that, that's the match that I introduced heat to the other Iowa guys. So. Yeah. We still need some more patches, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Patches. <laughs> Speaking of patches, we got to get patches made. Yes. For anyway, um, so I think that's that's got a, a pretty good covering of <laughs> everyone's. Well, mindset. I mean, just just you go back to it. I per, I think. <laughs> You you have to play, right? You you got to yes. find a play. You got to find a play style that that you're comfortable with, um, in executing on the different scenarios. Um, I I don't know how much the actual scenario plays into your overall strategy. Oh, it sure um, does. You think it does? It does for me. Hundred okay. percent. Because if you don't have if you don't have the required number of units to capture those objectives or the tools to do it, you know, say like our last game, Andrew, or was it Aaron? It was Aaron. If I don't get three fast units on those three objectives for capture the flag, you're gonna miss them. Like within the first turn. And we always forget, like half the time we forget, like sprinting action. Sprint. Uh-huh. Sprint, damn it. Sprint, 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 sprint. Sprint. Use it. Get a get a 16-inch mech and sprint. And you'll have all three of those flags on the first turn, uncontested, if the other, if your opponent doesn't do anything about it. Dump your battle armor. Wait one turn to get the flag on. Correct? Yep. Well, at the end of the turn, you if you're it's uncontested, you capture the flag or you... Battle do out. a turn counter, or you, you know, there's there's different objectives, but and then sprint right back to your goal, and you're dumping, and then you leave that battle armor there to keep it contested for when that flag comes back to the objective. That's it. See, three sounds good on paper. I, 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 I was going to say it sounds really good on paper, but those units are so light. How many how many flags did I almost have? You you you. I almost had. You got two. Four. You almost had. No, you got two. I think. If I would have sprinted with all three of my fast max, I could have yeah. had three, possibly four. It, it, <clears throat> it is a valid tactic. Like that's what I love about the 350 is is tactics and strategy are very, very important. It is a mix of your unit, your tactic, and your timing. Yep. And your use of terrain. 
Use of terrain. Oh my god. <laughs> Good set. <it>. Jackass. <laughs> so we're we're still dealing with uh you know testing out rules and, and the way we set things up with the with the three fifty and if you don't test it, you know, somebody sooner or later is gonna utilize it where hey, Aaron, where should yeah. I first piece like right over top of your goal? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, Andrew is right in pick a unit you like, and you got to play it. Like, yeah, it, it does not work to just constantly change lists all the time. Like, the more familiar you get with a list, the better you're going to be with it. So here's the thing: what do you got to use to find the to find the pieces to work in your 350? What resources oh. you find use to find? Oh, dude, the MUL is fantastic. I, I'm MUL, telling you, right? I'm using I'm using the unit. You know, go into unit and you can filter by abilities, um, by points, era, faction, type. You know, play with the filter. There, you can really get narrow in what what you're after. Everyone's got a couple favorite units. That's what I would start with. Is the chassis that that you are happy with that you like playing i would start with those first and find what you know where's where's the point values for those two maybe three units and put those in your army and then build around that well i'm um, all, i'm i'm talking um i i agree the mass unit list is 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 pretty much the battletech bible for alpha strike I have found that Mordell.net has updated their database and has added Alpha Strike lists into their filters. Really? Yep. I, Mordell is M-O-R-D-E-L.net for anyone who doesn't know. So I could go in there. I could go into the Vans filter. Of course, you click on the uh, Catalyst Game Labs uh, for canonization. Now, you got to remember uh, the rules level on this one is not always equal to what MUL has. So you have to double check with MUL. Gives but you could go on there, go, you could type in HT2 2 222, and then you could also add another filter damage long range greater than or equal than to two to make sure that uh, you don't have to roll eight or higher for a zero in that. Oh, so he's, he has the search capability of doing that. Yeah. Oh, see, that's the one thing master unit list is missing is yes. I want all of the units that do six or higher damage at medium range. Give me that list. Yep. We don't have that kind of felt, which is the one thing that I think is hugely lacking at the same time. I like it because you have to go hunting. Yep, and and I, I and that's what I had to do. I, uh, I I stumbled across it about two weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh man, that that mech on Mordell on the bottom of the the page has all the Alpha Strike stuff on it." And then now, you are they are they correct with what is on updates? And you could download the Alpha Strike card as well instead of the record sheet. Yep. I've noticed that with uh... this is not very user friendly though. 
<laughs> no, it's not. It it is not. Um, Mech Factory works pretty good. It does not have the updates for the MUL card um, point values to be current, but it does get. It's, it's a user friendly search for those parameters and variables of speed, weight, tonnage. Um, it, it does battle value and battle value too. It doesn't do point value. Um, but it gives you the ability to look at chassis weights, um, speeds, certain equipment. So you can actually pick, you know, everything that has gauze rifles in a light, a lightweight or a medium or a heavier in assault. Or I can pick if it's got a extra light engine or a double XL or a standard fusion, or if it has biped or if it's got uh, quad quad Mac. That's had besides the updates for the the point value. That's my go-to um, search engine. Besides MUL to look for the correct uh, battle uh, point values. Okay, that's a lot of three fifty talk. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> what kind of fighting? styles do your chosen factions choose? How do they fight? Dirty. <laughs> dirty. You got to be specific, though. Which one's dirty? Well, I I think I posted on the Facebook page a while ago, like, I've given up on all factions other than mercenary. So, what, whatever it takes to win. That's the, you know, and not the like I'll raise your fields and you know burn down your town. Jade Falcon kind of do whatever it takes. It's more the you know can we be conniving and uh, uh, just outsmart. Um, especially when you kind of look at the the big old uh, mercenary units, the Kelhounds, Grey Death, um, Dra Dragoons, of course, um, where they they win usually because they've outthought their opponent, and that's kind of. Fits my play style. Yep, that's where I'm at too. Send in the sevens and then clean up. Fear and intimidation. <laughs> Fear and intimidation. For which faction? That's the widows. Ah. Uh, I don't and, care. You know, smarts. Top <laughs> online training. Uh, what is what is that slogan? <laughs> we. we, Plot. we we decide to spend more in training our pilots, oh, no. uh, building uh, death insurance. This will be a good one. This one's for you, Blaine Pardo. Uh, the Widow's uh, 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 tactics for winning is called plot armor. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, <I get> you. <laughs> By the way, what is that next biggest thing on the dream since we're kind of getting on a tangent there? Oh, we're gonna do our our ideas. We're gonna well, we're gonna say ideas now. This. Let's finish this, but let's move on to that. Okay. I don't care about initiative because ghost bears don't. So you could say that again. <laughs> it is rather comical to watch me play occasionally because I'll just come at you and I'll take a big beating, but then I'll try and come around on the flank. It is comical watching you roll initiative dice. That's what's comical. Ouch. <laughs> so so there was a there was a question i think uh jury posted it on what's 
what's the ideas or what do we think is going to happen with the dragoons coming up and well everybody else do their faction tommy how's your faction fight you're pretty era specific um <laughs> do your draconis you just keep getting worse and worse throughout the ages yeah how do, you, how do your drax like it and yeah Nobody wants to hear about the Drax. How how do your how do you describe your uh, Falcons? <laughs> burn everything. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> burn everything to the ground and uh, <laughs> you, I, don't, I don't know. You yeah. don't like what we're doing? We're gonna space you. I mean, if you start off thinking like, all right, we'll just go down straight down and we'll do the clan thing and we'll be honorary, but nobody's gonna play that way. In 350. So, oh. I think it's more lore wise. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, the current lore, they're basically burning fields and raising raising cities. So, no heart, no bars held. <laughs> well, Derek, didn't what she, is your, what didn't is your she, faction? Didn't she destroy an entire cluster along with the Calhouns with orbital bombardment? Yep, yeah. they just happen to be there. It's- when you can't win, win anyway. <laughs> it's the old Al Davis, just win, baby. <laughs> just win. You know, just take off, nuke it from orbit. <laughs> oh, Dirks, what's your faction? I don't, I don't oh, think I even... Mercenary. Mercenary. They're, they're the only honest people in the whole game. <laughs> honest to the dollar. That's right. Nice. Okay, what did Jerry have? What what what's he want to do now other than be on the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I think the the I question was, was the question was what is what do you think is the ne- their goons next thing? And I, I think he was playing off of uh, Blaine's show and and he's been reading based on the things that Blaine had said and, you know, kind of what was where we're at in, in current fiction timeline. And, you know, uh, I, I agree with jury. I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with what he put out there that dragoons will be taking contract with Liao and they will be working uh, towards taking Terra on Liao's behalf. Can I get a plus one? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. though, I I I want to I want to go a step further, and I think yeah. it's going to be dragoons, Kellhounds, and Wolf in Exile defending Terra Ooh. from Jade Falcon and Wolf. It's going to be Luthien two point oh. Hmm, Exiles. I like hmm. that. It's a good spin. Okay, but, here's my but, but yeah, definitely uh Capellan. They're definitely rolling with Capellan. I got it. I'm still kind of sad that everybody nobody's circumvented, you know, Wolf and Falcons from getting there. Well, the ghost bears don't They're kind of a juggernaut at this point. Yeah, pretty much. If the if the ghost bears had bigger initiative. That's true. Something. They don't care. They got their home right now. Hold on, hold on, Aaron. Aaron, I can I can feel them vibrating. Just give them a minute here. I think that Liao Wolf and Jade Falcons 
and the the Republic are all just going to be like fighting each other and just this massive battle and this and that. And then the MRBC is going to come out and it's going to be Northwind Highlanders, Kellhounds, Wolf's Dragoons, uh, like you name it. And they're just going to pop up. It's going to be like that scene in in uh, Rise of Skywalker where it's just crappy jump ships and drop ships just pop up and it's just going to be the mercenaries just wipe everybody out. They scorch Earth to the ground. It's like <laughs> uninhabitable. They just lay waste to everything. They just move from continent to continent, just destroying everything. Hey, hey Aaron, Aaron, are, are you out of liquor? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> you sound really angry. And then through some weird like happen happenings that may be happening somewhere else like all of a sudden they reinstitute the entire hpg net and the world is saved by the mighty dollar and the mrbc all conglomerate into this one giant thing and then they just stop writing fiction and then they get named the <laughs> clan really oh did i mention natasha part. kerensky comes back <laughs> <laughs> Was was she frozen after she yep. got baked yep. to a crisp? They they froze her. She's, she's the, and then she was shipped off to the word of Blake, and they put like all bionic, uh, like she's and then see uh, that's originally, uh, yeah. And she comes back. Oh, for fuck's sakes! This is off the deep end. Shut are, up. Are and you then on, and are then you on any, like kind of prescription painkillers, Aaron. <laughs> and then Natasha Currency claims ill clan. This is getting confusing. <laughs> Suck it, Blaine. So, so, for, so for the, all of those who are trying to learn the lore, the last five minutes, pretend it didn't happen. You know what, Andrew? Yeah. I, I think you're going to be fine. Um, I think Aaron <gasps> is going to be the new janitor. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How did Jamie Wolf die again? Oh, he died in his archer. But yeah. did he? Did we see a body? Yes, Did anyone yes. see a body? It was written yes, they yes, saw the body. In his, was in it the real body? DNA yes. Testing matched the, the elementals. Thing up? Elementals pulled them out. Yeah, they had oh. to bring out the short tape measure, but they found him. Oh, ooh, even better, Joshua Wolf. Oh God! What? <laughs> what? No! <laughs> what? <laughs> so Nicholas Kerensky comes down from the sky. Yes, <laughs> I like it even better. Yes. Let's get the gang back together. Come on. The okay. gang back together. Natasha Kerensky, Morgan Kell. Uh, I'm surprised I'm surprised <laughs> nobody said that the Wolverines will show up with an armada and just destroy everything. No, that was in my head. I just didn't want to say it. I don't uh, think Blaine could have kept that secret. <laughs> <laughs> he's been no, wearing, he's been wearing that baseball cap. He has. That was on <laughs> his that was uh, didn't he say that during their meeting he wrote Wolverines and like <laughs> there's while, another Wolverine uh, book coming. He he promised us. Randall approved it. But like yeah. Randall was talking and then he finally turned around. He's like, this ain't happening. He just erased <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. I mean, they were drinking fireball while they were coming up with our entire beloved universe. So who knows what's gonna happen? I you like know, it. That, I, I like I like that kind of brain brainstorming session. Yeah. Maybe we should throw something out there that we Fuck would, it. Ronald we, Reagan comes back <laughs> after 2,000 years. 
<laughs> with the freaking with the freaking eagle on his shoulder <laughs> and the American maybe, flag on the maybe back. We should throw that challenge out there that we should have the the big wigs of of uh, BattleTech Catalyst and authors sponsor just a, a, a sit down drinking event at Gen Con. Beer pong. Yeah, yeah. Beer pong with the bosses. Done. Done. I'll make I'll make it happen. Oh, that would be so funny if the bar, the bar circle of equals. Jamie Wolf shows up. God, that would be hilarious. <sighs> He's still. Be uh, sure. So we had we had another request, and we can talk about it a little bit. I think there was a request yes. about Gen Con. Yes. Um, we I think we have decided, have we not, that we are going to do a three fifty impromptu tournament Thursday night. Was it Thursday night? I think so. so. That was about the only night we had available. Because Friday night's oh. Blood Name, Saturday night's Masters and Minions. Yep. Good call. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we if are you were going to be at Gen Con, you need to bring a 350 list with minis. Canonized. He's really excited he's going to be at Gen Con. Well, see, here's the thing, right? A, bring a 350 no matter what. Even if you can't play in the tournament, Put up on the Facebook page and say, "Hey, I'm here. I got a 350, and I got some free time, and I want to play. And we'll find a place to play because that's that's what I've done the last two years. And I tell you what, I I've had so much fun doing that versus fighting the crowds and all the bullshit. Um, I, I've, but I mean, this is what my eighth year going. So, um, yeah, oh. bring a bring a 350 and let's play. Hey." Bogue yeah. Spear is going to be there. Who? Bogue Spear. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Shout out to Bogue Spear. We'll see you at Gen Con, buddy. Make sure you find us or we'll find you. And like always, be sure to let us know that you listen to Wolfnet Radio. Otherwise, yeah, uh, that was rough last year. <laughs> otherwise, we won't know. <laughs> we'll just think you're just some random person. <laughs> the conversation will go much different. <laughs> We, I, how many was it? I mean, it was a, it was a good Sorry. handful of Dude, people. We let like, we got home and we're like, holy shit, they're part of the group. And yeah. we had no idea. So no idea. I well, apologize. That, was, that, was, I that was the best part, too. If they weren't during Gen Con, they were after Gen Con, too, when we got home. <clears throat> yeah, they, they're like, hey, it was great meeting you guys at Gen Con. We're like, why didn't you say something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Hey, are we gonna try and are we gonna try and do a thing at Coach's Bar too? Yes. Uh, I that's part of the yes. Bet. It's terms. Think, it's terms think, of the next I think, bet. I think we should do something at Coach's Bar Saturday night for those that aren't playing in Masters and Minions. That's usually my X-wing party, but I mean, more the merrier. You still play X-wing? Uh, no, but I'm still a very thought after figure in the X-Men he's community. he's semi-famous remember i'm, I'm semi-famous right. now i'm retired from the x-men community podcast so recently tyler tippett had a sad face on that because <laughs> he got the message that something was happening for a podcast <laughs> and he saw you were on BattleTech. he got really excited then he got really disappointed oh i'm like why are you disappointed he's like wrong podcast i'm like oh <laughs> yeah but your dad plays Battletech. You can play too. Yes. It's okay. 
but uh yeah no I, i'm totally down for a meet and greet at coaches that's kind of our my adopted bar in uh, indianapolis it's not so far that you can't walk there from the convention but it's far enough that you don't get the crowds yeah yeah and, and it's, it's a great place great place nice bartenders Man, we got drunk that night we got did super we? drunk we got super drunk yeah, maybe you guys did not peel off tape off of my leg hair drunk, but uh, pretty close. And we had oh, lots stickers. of sorry, lots of fun interacting with people who came in wanting to be silly. Anyway, yes, we will be having a 24 person 350 Alpha Strike tournament Thursday night at Gen Con. And, and I, I, think will, I, will, I will, I will, I will probably say that. I won't be playing in that so that we got we we can get more people to play, but I will be around the entire Gen Con time um, outside of our cadet game, willing and able to play a 350 anytime. Yeah, we need to get some stuff set up for that. Play mats. Yeah, well, I can hammer that out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll um, just get some more flooring like Aaron did. <laughs> yes, uh, this is probably a good time to put in a commercial break, so we can put Dirks's This Month in Battletech. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, a disgraced and desperate warrior finds vindication in the death of a legend. Hello Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm your historian Gideon, let's get to it. December 3057, in a deep ravine known as the Great Gash on the planet Twycross, two warriors meet to decide the fate of a battle between Clan Wolf and Clan Jade Falcon. On the Falcon side, Star Commander Joanna piloted a Thor, or for those of you fluent in clan speak, a summoner. A woman famed for her temper, grit, an indomitable will. Facing her from Clan Wolf was the Black Widow, the First Lady of Death, Khan Natasha Kerensky, in her Daishi, appropriately named Widowmaker. Now, before we dig into the duel between these two remarkable warriors, it would probably be helpful to get a little context, even if the events didn't happen this month. The first point to keep in mind is this wasn't Joanna's first time in the Great Gash. She had been a member of the Falcon Guards when they famously had a significant part of the ravine wall dropped on them by Kai Allard Liao during the initial invasion. At that time, because of her unrelenting survival instinct, she managed to claw her way from the cockpit of her Loki, or Hellbringer, through tons of earth and stone to open sky, making her one of only a few survivors of the unit. The second piece of context is that in many societies, someone who survives against all odds is viewed as a miracle. In clan culture, however, being one of a handful to live through a lost battle only means there are fewer people to spread the disgrace around to. Joanna used the stain of this event to fuel her self-proclaimed hatred of everyone. Finally, the wolves on Twycross were not at full capacity. Their edge had been blunted on previous Falcon units, which had been thrown in front of them as they pushed into Falcon-occupied space. 
Kerensky planned an ambush to attempt to make up for this shortfall, but the ruse was discovered the previous night by Joanna, rendering it useless. Anyway, back to the fight. Kerensky had offered to duel any of the Falcons for control of the gash. For the Falcons, this meant Kerensky stood as a one-woman blockade keeping them from continuing the fight with the Wolves. For Kerensky, however, she was buying time for her Wolves to get back to their dropships so they could get off-world and link up with other Wolf forces. And just as she had done throughout her entire career, spanning about six decades, she put herself on the line rather than ordering a subordinate to. Joanna chose to engage at the location of the avalanche from years before, her former comrade still buried beneath her feet. After some talk from Kerensky about Joanna stepping away from the duel to preserve her honor and death threats from Joanna, the battle began in earnest. Things proceeded as you might expect when two battle-hardened veterans of countless conflicts face off. They immediately began dissecting each other's mechs. Unfortunately for Joanna, Kerensky simply had more mech to sacrifice to this type of slugfest, and she found herself flat on her back in a crippled mech, with nothing but one unguided salvo of SRMs in the tubes and one functioning leg. Kerensky gave Joanna multiple opportunities to admit defeat, but they were all forcefully dismissed. Joanna was going to win or die. Nothing else would satisfy her. Kerensky hobbled Widowmaker closer, ready to administer the coup de grace when Joanna raised her mech's leg and slammed on the jump jets. Perhaps it was Joanna's old comrades reaching up from their graves to aid her. Perhaps her will to win was simply too heavy to move. Or maybe it was just a boulder positioned just right. But regardless, somehow her Thor defied physics for a brief moment and did not skitter across the valley floor on its back. Instead, the leg-mounted jump jets scorched their way across Widowmaker, applying just enough heat to burn through the cockpit ferroglass, resulting in a quick but likely excruciating end for the Black Widow. Joanna was redeemed, her perceived failures forgiven. She had just defeated arguably the most famous, or infamous depending on perspective, warrior in known space. You might be thinking that much of this history comes from the Falcon side of the battle, and you'd be right. There are numerous sources recounting these events retrieved from Joanna's gun cams following the duel, but no one has the data records from Widowmaker. Not because they were destroyed in that inferno, they likely weren't, but because no one has dared touch it out of respect for the warrior who fell there. It remains there today, providing a silent reminder of a moment when an unstoppable force overcame an unmovable object. Do you want more discussion about lore? Join us on the WNRP Facebook page and let us know your favorite story from Natasha Kerensky's fabled life. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Hey, welcome back to WNRP. That was a... This month in history from Charles Gideon, Luke Dirks, giving us great information. Thanks. I really enjoyed because I get a, I get to listen to those early, so I can already say that it was great to listen to. I mean, <laughs> and you're getting a lot of good positive feedback from people too. So, wait, but, did yeah. you hear this one's? Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I sent it to both of you at the same time. Yeah. Oh. Emailed it to you if you got it. If you is it for it. December or January? December. <laughs> December. <laughs> December. I'm working on January. <laughs> we got to we got to post date that one. Month behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Okay. So mailbag. Mailbag. Let's get into that mailbag. Jesus, we've been kind of hitting the mailbag already, haven't we? I know, but I just didn't get to. I didn't get my song in. Oh, sorry. How, how do you? Uh, how do you how do you see people transitioning from um, the different genres of BattleTech of tabletop versus video game versus novels versus card game versus uh, Mech Warrior character building? Before I go into that, quick, I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Kaji. Kaji made a tabletop simulator. <laughs> Um, thing mod for mod for uh, tabletop simulator workshop for uh, the 350 Alpha Strike. So um, we're we're tweaking it and we're getting it uh, pretty good. But uh, Andrew and I played a game on it the other night. It was pretty cool. So worked out pretty well. Thank you. That's, That's the, great. I was going to mention that after Dirk says I haven't gotten a chance to play my 350, and I was going to say, hey, there's a tabletop simulator mod for that. So but, I don't have an excuse anymore. You don't have an excuse. Uh, what was the you, question again, Matt? There was a How question. You, uh, going from uh, like the video games and oh, game like MechWarrior or like Mercenary MechWarrior Five to right. tabletop. I mean, to answer that question, like a lot of us started with either a novel or started with a TRO or started with MechWarrior. Yeah. You know, like, like the old video game, like Black Warrior 2, and then we transitioned into tabletop heavily. And how do you how do you light the fire in people to get that to switch? It doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, even, even examples of people online today. I had a buddy that come in that said, show this guy some products. What do you think you'll be into? Like, here's a box set. Here's some paint schemes. Here's some books that are on the lore. Here's some books that are on the unit compositions. Um, there's so many things to key in on. I'm definitely what, what, whatever the whatever this person has for hobbies. You can either. I, I think ahead. with the new box sets coming out, that's going to help a lot with getting you know off the computer and onto the tabletop. Um, the computer version is just really convenient for everyone who loves the BattleTech, you know, just BattleTech or, or you know, the lore and stuff like that. It's just easier easier for them to dive into that than it is to tabletop. But I think once the box sets and all the new product comes out, I don't. I think it's going to be just as easy to get into that as well. It's. I mean, the hardest thing is finding someone to play with. The social atmosphere. Yeah, it's getting someone else interested into BattleTech. So you can have somebody to play Battletech with. That's that's the hardest part. Whereas the online, it's just there. And then setting up a regular schedule of mm-hmm. once a week, twice a month. That's the biggest. I guess in, in my in my experience has been most video gamers, hardcore video gamers. They're not interested in tabletop. It's <laughs> it, it's too analog for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's in. I mean, it, you can almost look at video gamers versus tabletop 
just like you can look at classic versus Alpha Strike. Yeah, that's probably a good analogy. There's the, the I, I think those two go hand in hand. You're gonna get people that do the do the crossover, but they're the vast majority of people I think are strongly in one camp or the other. Yeah, you've got you've got MechWarrior players that can easily pick up a TRO and use that as like a reference baseline to use in the video game for outfitting mechs. They really won't be able to use anything for um, Alpha Strike. I will say you'll get probably more enjoyment out of the tabletop aspect as a whole. You know, the community, uh, the personal relationships, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, to along Andrew's point, I can see where it would be really hard to get someone who strictly plays the video game to get on the tabletop. They've got to they consciously like, okay... Let's give this a shot. And and it's and it's a it's a mental shift and it's it's yeah. a commitment. I mean, because it's not one time, it's not four times. It's it's a handful of times to give it a shot. But because I mean, it's going to probably take that long for somebody to get used to the rules and feel comfortable. And you know, let's let's face it. Today's day and age, people don't know how to do math anymore, and yeah. adding up to twelve is hard. So it's it's very different. It does make a big difference if you're being taught by someone who loves the game and understands. So if you're teaching someone or someone like remind yourself that this could be a new little flower that you could grow. So don't you don't don't get frustrated with them. Just, you know, be a good teacher. The thing that I've been doing, I've been playing with my Wyatt has wanted to learn how to play classic, but I just, I don't think he's ready for it yet, but we've been playing the beginner box set, the, just the armor. And that's been working out. Okay. He gets the, he has to figure out the movement on the hexes, you know, the turns and the elevation and the trees and all of that stuff. And you mark off a number of dots, and you get to see what big weapons do, but you don't have all the criticals and all of that stuff to go along with it. Um, that that's a good introduction, I think, to classic. Um, Alpha yeah, Strike sure. is Alpha Strike is to me the game that should be introduced to people. But I know Blaine will argue. This, you know, he'll argue that because. You know, his, his comment was, is Alpha Strike's the introductory to play real Battletech, right? And in a certain sense, he's right. You know, Battletech Classic has been around since, what, 84? Um, and the rule set really hasn't changed a lot. Added new tech and new weapons, but um, the core mechanics of the game have not changed. Yeah, and I think that the introductory box is a, probably about the best way to get those video gamers. Because for 20 bucks, because back when I uh, was involved with MechWarrior Online, there was a lot of questions that were lore-based. Um, because just to make sense of why are there clans, what's the inner sphere, why do they have better weapons, you know, like all of, all of this stuff, and why would they behave this way, and all of that, and there's explanations for it in lore. Um, 
So I think that that's where people get hooked in, whether it's uh, the, whether they play the tabletop or Alpha Strike or MWO or MW5, they start looking at the lore and then they go from there and they start hopping into the other areas. Um, but yeah, I think the introductory boxes that, cause for 20 bucks, I mean, that's uh, a, that, that, that's a cheap board game, you know? Yes. Compared to anything. like most adult ones are 60. Right. Right. So for $20 commitment for them to say, I just want to try it to see, you know, to say I've tried it. it there's an option there for them. Well, you get two miniatures, and they're they're quality miniatures. Yeah. And you talked about the lore as well. Like, people at work. Hey, my kid wanted to read a book like you had showed me the other day. I'm like, great. Here, let him borrow this one. Read it, bring it back, keep it, whatever. I can always get another one. And then it blossoms from there. It really, yeah, it's, it takes a little finesse to be, uh, like you said, Aaron, growing flowers and growing uh, possible fans and and players, and you don't want to you don't want to toxicify that too early, you know. Working people in it slowly so they can always see a benefit and positive thing of it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of lore, I one of the mailbag questions that I liked the most was from uh, Costas and it was uh, which was the best Battletech Legends Lance pilot so that's from the Kickstarter I'm assuming uh, he means so the uh, uh, it'd be uh, Natasha Krinsky, Morgan Kell Grayson Death, Carlisle or uh, Aiden Pride and I, I, I don't feel oh. like it's much of a debate but Morgan. Oh you don't? No, Morgan, <laughs> hands down every time. Okay. We're 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 on the same page. We're on the same okay. page. <laughs> and, and, and frankly, I like I'm I'm a little bummed that they didn't put like uh do like Phelan yeah. in a, in a mech and then put Natasha in the Marauder. I I kind of feel like Grayson doesn't quite fit in that company. Yeah, because, <clears throat> I mean, if you think about the pilots and all the different chassis they rode in, I mean, Grayson was always trying to get that Marauder, but he's done a lot more good things with that Shadowhawk. Yeah, well, and, I mean, they wanted a Marauder, I'm assuming, because it's an iconic mech. But, right. uh, That's fine. But, yeah, I, I feel like you could have put Natasha in the Marauder and had somebody else in a clan mech. Could have done Duke Recall. I wanted to see the bounty hunter in that Marauder. Oh, that would have been a great one too. That would have been good. Ching. Yeah, of course, I mean, of course. I, what's the lore? What's the lore behind that? Exactly. Not much. Behind bounty oh, hunter, there's a huge amount of lore behind that. Well, bounty hunter's Marauder was Natasha's Marauder. Exactly. What books? So, uh, it was a short story, actually. But. One short story compared to trilogies, and <clears throat> that's not much. Yeah, that was it. That was part of Battlecore when it was fleshed I, out. I agree that yeah, there, there's some story there, but I'd like to see a little bit more. I these, I mean, if if the authors are listening, there's a lot of things that people want to hear about with new stories coming out or new books. These are great ideas, like more bounty hunter. You know, well. I would argue that that's that time is 
come and gone. I want to move the storyline forward. There, there's still time for. I mean, a lot there of these. There will still be a bounty hunter. There will yeah. always be a bounty hunter. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at the transition of bounty hunters, there's been a few. Well, and there's one in current thirty-one forty-five too. Right. So there's no reason not to not carry it. Or to not fill in some of the gaps. I mean, look at all these short stories that fill in gaps. I kind of mm. wanted to see Ronda Snord in a Highlander. Uh, uh, yeah, good one too. Those are yeah. good questions. Who would you like to see that hasn't been? That, that's too hard. Was to that question. a rhetorical question, or were you actually asking? <laughs> well, I mean, if I had to pick someone, I would like to. I would like to have seen more story around um hansen's rough riders oh yeah um, they were one of the original um five mercenaries and that was that was ever published um haven't really gotten a lot of story around them um but i mean i don't know it's a lot of the main characters that they talk about they've written about right yeah they're um, passed on and dead well that's yeah. called progress when to kind of go off another mailbag question uh one of the most tragic characters um is in my mind that i guess i would love to if they would have given us more is in Endgame, the uh the crew of the Kantaris. um i don't want to throw spoilers out there but they they come to a, a very like kind of tragic end um and they they get like one paragraph in the book and i just feel like there could have been so much more drama built up about them but um mm -hmm. but yeah i i feel like they're also probably one of the more tragic but uh yeah or, or should i throw spoilers out there i guess the book is uh, how old now <laughs> it's a couple of years well yeah so uh in that vein the the Kantaris is the uh warship that uh try that jumps um in uh during the space battle over new avalon uh to take out the uh to take out catherine's uh defense and they just get like one line of like God save the prince or something like that, and then they jump and destroy the the defending armada. So I feel like there could have been a lot more there. Okay, anyone else? I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's definitely not out of liquor, folks. <sighs> Moving on. Favorite paint schemes. Black Not and red. Bonte's angels. How are you coming along with those? Oh, it's torture, man. Awful. Torture. I, I will never do another white paint scheme ever. I, no Comguard, no Word of Blake, nothing ever. <laughs> have you tried the have you tried the white contrast paints? I have not. Uh, I hear that that is the shit when it comes to painting white. There's a whole bunch of YouTube videos that uh, Camo Spec Online does that deals with contrast paints. I've been Is watching Camo Specs Online. Oh, oh YouTube channel. Yeah, I thought there was... yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, 
I, I've been resisting the contrast paints, but if it means just Dude, for white, don't resist it, don't resist the contrast paints. Everyone that I have talked to on basically any miniature you paint them on, they're basically the shit. The the white looks pretty epic. I might do it for the white. <laughs> I really like the ghost bears where it's like the stars. Uh, Half moons or the. Talking about. Are you talking about Nova cats with the galaxy? Oh, maybe that's it. Well, Omega has. There's a couple of ghost bears that have the the dark blues and grays and then the dots. Or are you actually talking like star specs? The star specs. That's Nova cat. Yeah. Okay. You got, then, uh, you got ghost bears do snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I always that was liked, actually a pretty uh, good one. I like that. I always snowflakes. liked the battle core uh, paint scheme where they yeah, kept that's fun too the the left to right leg or whatever it was of their old mercenary unit, mm-hmm. but then they were just kind of a tan. I like that. I, tan and blue. I like the yeah. I like the ghost. Uh, Regiments from Curita, the all white with the chain links. Yeah, the ghost regiments with the Yakuza, they had a lot of the uh, like arm sleeve um, or Yakuza tattoos. They had that all over their mechs. The one I liked was the cherry blossom, yep. where they had the cherry blossom trees that went on of them. That was some pretty, pretty deep, neat paint schemes. Um, Psycho did some really cool stuff around that i remember he had a lance where he had koi fish that were on all four maps they looked really awesome um one that's not usually talked about um steel viper usually has a lot of fun scaling that they do on theirs that's had a lot of a lot of meticulous detailing over the years and then also, um, oh, what was the galaxy that and, and wolf that has the uh, wood texture painting with green accents? Um, the blood drinker, blood drinkers. Can't remember. That is an interesting paint scheme to have. You know, Clan Wolf Max with actually actual wood grain look on all their limbs and the entire the entire uh, structure with and then green green highlights on armor plates that's been pretty cool where this looks like it looks like it's carved out of wood been a lot of new tiger stripe coming out with uh, yeah Kevin's Kevin's, Kevin's killing that and then the new sculpts, the executioner that just came out, um, was really good. By uh, oh shoot, one of the artists that played with us there for a cadet. Kevin Witt didn't play with us. Um, Dale didn't play with us either. But um, um, Wonder Gecko. No, the pilot. Oh, uh, uh, Ryan Peterson. Ryan Peterson, thank you. 
He's done some great uh, camouflaging. And there's so much high detail. Have you, have you guys noticed that the new sculpt of the Executioner um, looks like it has the chin? Could be painted as if it's a, a tongue sticking out. So no, just a, just underneath the cock, just underneath the cockpit, there's there's a almost a chin recess. That if you painted a tongue outline on that, you could have all your executioners like doing like the kiss tongue <laughs> sticking out. Nice. I thought it would be a fun. fun all right, guys, I got ten minutes left. Are you out of booze? No, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. It's a rapid fire. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a day. What we got left on the mailbag? Favorite or worst equipment? Favorite? PPC. Medium laser. Battle Mech Hard Gel 3. <laughs> 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 Fucking dumb. Easy. <laughs> I'm going to go with a streak. SRM. I mean, it fires if it locks on. It doesn't fire if it doesn't. Saves ammo. They all, they all fire. Improved jump jets. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's a big. That's a big game changer. Game changer. Changer too. All right. What's up? Should we do, we do shout outs? Yeah, let's do some shout-outs. I'll go first. Um, Brian Fink, you are sending me something. I don't know what it is. You told me it's something cool. I'm shouting out to you because I can't wait to see it. Aaron. Uh, Shout-out to listeners and my fellow castmates. As a punt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to throw a bone to Brad. He uh, was selling uh, most of his collection that he has access of. And it sounds like a few years back, he actually had his entire collection stolen. And he is still trying to get back what he can through some... Uh, sales and locals but uh he uh sent me his warhammer 2c unseen and uh yeah thanks for sending the beloved clanner scum warhammer 2c to me for a decent wage for the day oh thought of a better one <laughs> i want to give i want to give it a shout out to third battalion wolfnet Ra uh, wolfnet uh regiment those guys are active those guys are active. Even if we um, aren't. We're, uh, no, I've got the, the, the scenario tree done. And uh, I know I said I was going to issue orders out this weekend, but this weekend turned to crap. So um, I'm going to be working on them here this week. And hopefully we should be able to kick things off uh, this weekend. So, But shout out to 3rd Battalion. Holy crap, three battalions. That is insane. 
And I'd like to do a shout out just to all of the uh, Battletech artists out there, especially Marco Mazzoni, who uh, did uh, the cover for Campaign Operations, which I now have on a giant uh, uh, banner. So it's really awesome uh, artwork out there. Shout out to Mike Steiner for doing some live streaming on uh, painting techniques with the Death Commandos. Uh, my shout out is going to go out to uh, David Leach. Um, I bought some Kirita metal dice from him off of eBay, and he uh, pulled some strings for me and, and hooked hooked me up with some Ghost Bear dice as well. So <gasps> my kids my kids got um, little stocking stuffers this year for Christmas. They each got their own faction dice. I want to say thank you to him for getting that done. And my second one is to the uh, WNRP group and 86 comments <laughs> for, for a podcast. That's awesome, guys. That uh, Keep it coming. We'll do what we can to answer the questions. And I apologize to any and all who have sent an email to us as of recent. I just logged in and see there's... 10 unanswered emails. Horrible. I'm going to get that sorted out. So I apologize. Hey, uh, one more thing. One more shout out uh, for this last week. I want to give a huge shout out to Thailand <laughs> who nudged out the United Kingdom in the most downloads, uh, second most downloads of the Wolfnet Radio podcast oh. at 55. Dang. So whoever is in Thailand, rock on, guys. You crushed the UK, Australia, and Germany. <laughs> wow. But as always, the United States is on top. Another one for Caleb Zachary. He had a nice quote of, those guys at WolfNet are amazing to learn from. We are? Oh, that is something. Um, <laughs> speaking of learning, speaking, speaking of learning, it's I crazy when post, that like it's crazy when that light goes from red to green. <laughs> I did post in the Facebook channel. Um, I took both the beginner box and a game of Armored Combat and put them into quasi three fifty um, lists and kind of gave some recommendations um, for some vehicles and some infantry to kind of get people a feel for what we're doing with the 350. Um, check that out on the, on the Facebook group page um, for, what did I say, about 170 bucks. You can get two um, very well put together armies and be able to demo or have readily available forces to play against each other. So um, check that out. Um, let me know what you think. Another comment from Dale Eday. Shout out. The Wolfnet boys are absolute gems. Aw. I love being shower with praise. I love what Dale. What Dale's color, a good guy. What color gem would you be? I'm Cole. <laughs> Diamond. Excellent ending. <laughs> I'm Cole. 
I don't even know. Something <laughs> sparkly and bright. Which you are furthest from. Oh. Love you too, cuz. From another cousin I mother. You. I love you, my cousin mother. <laughs> <laughs> Outro. Well, well, with that, thank you for joining us tonight. You can contact us at WNRP at WolfStreetGoons.com and uh, also on our Facebook page. And uh, definitely get us some more comments. We Obviously not our email. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm answering emails as we speak. <laughs> you know what? You know what? With the emails, just keep pushing them in there. That way, you know, we'll, he'll at least answer you back this time. That way he'll never catch up. <laughs> Holy shit. Last month's uh episode already has eight fifty downloads. We're popular. We're still trying oh, to get God. that thousand thousand download in a week limit. That might take a while. Yes. So oh, have well. a pleasant evening and a great tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Oh. Come on, Whoa. Andrew. <laughs> Yay. Nailed, Nailed it. it. So are we gonna do are we gonna make another drink? <laughs> <laughs>